Hello everyone. I hope you are doing okay during this unexpected and challenging time. Today I'd like to learn with you and share some thoughts on this week's Parsha by Akel Pikudei. I could not help, as I studied the Parsha, could not help but look for connections and relevance for some of the things which are very much at the forefront of my mind as we, as we are all turning inwards, um, social distancing, being in our own homes. What are some of these ideas? First of all, the emphasis on giving. There is an extreme, there, there is a lot of emphasis in the beginning of the Parsha on the giving to the Mishka. What kind of giving? And I could not help but think about friends and other small businesses that I've read about and heard about, people in particular who are struggling, who are um, becoming very stressed and worried about sources of income because of many cancellations, people who work in event planning, people who have businesses that are closed. This is going to impact us on a personal level, on a national level, on a world level. And so the theme of giving uh, really struck me as relevant right now. The second theme, which I think is very relevant, is that here we are learning about the Mishkan, giving to the Mishkan, building the Mishkan. And we know that the Mishkan, the Mikdash, the Beit Mikdash, is referred to um, today, our homes are referred to as a Mikdash Me'at, a mini Mikdash, a mini temple, a mini Mishkan. And the idea that there is some connection between this week's Parsha, the, the descriptions of the building and the contents of the Mishkan, and what is going on in our homes. Right now we're spending a tremendous amount of time in our homes, as we should be. And so what, what inspiration can we draw from the Parsha as we spend all of this time turning inward and being with our families? Third, there is also not so explicit, but when we look at the Midrash on the Parsha, there is a message about um, our physical bodies, in particular about hand washing, which is something we are doing a lot of right now. And uh, we'll see what the Parsha has to say in terms of the significance of hand washing and our physicality and how that connects to the spirituality of the Mishkan. So now we're going to turn to the source sheet, which you have um, alongside this, this shiur recording. Uh, if you look at the beginning of the Parsha, Parshat Vayakel, in Shemot chapter 35, in particular, the Pasuk reads very oddly. It says, So on the one hand, we are told that there is an obligation to give. At the same time, there is a voluntary aspect to the giving. Kol Nadiv Libo, whoever's heart moves him or her to give, should give a truma to the Mishkan. Here, listed in this verse, it is gold, silver, and copper. There are other materials as well. And the copper in particular is going to play a big role in, in this shiur. And so I want to share with you that the Kliakar says something very beautiful. The Kliakar says that there are two kinds of giving in this world. 
And the Pasuk teaches us this. There is the giving which is required, the giving which sometimes has to happen even against the wishes of the person, even if, if, if someone doesn't want to give. There's a certain amount of requi- required giving. There is also the type of giving which isn't required, which someone gives spontaneously and because they are moved to do so. And I think that in particular in this time where we are uh, seeing lots of people who will soon um, need to remote for the short term, I think that we can think about this message of giving, uh, whether it's giving financially, small amounts, larger amounts to people who need, but even more, this emphasis on the nadiv libo, the heart being moved. There are other ways to give. And one can give a good word, give a kind word, reach out to people, just be a listening ear. And I think that this truma v'nediv libo is something to uh, internalize and keep with us and to keep thinking about um, as we go through the coming weeks. Now I want to talk in particular about the giving of the nechoshet, the giving of the copper to the mishkan. What was this copper given for? If you look at Shemot chapter 38, um, we hear that there was a list of things which the Nechoshet was given for. So from this copper, there was a whole amount given. And what was it used for? It was used for, says the Pasuk, for the Mizbeach HaNechoshet, the copper altar, and for the Kelim of the Mizbeach, the utensils associated with the altar. All important things. And unusually, there is a mystery here because there was something else made out of copper in the Mishkan, and yet it is not listed here. And in fact, this is pointed out by Rashi, and Rashi helps us understand what happened. So if you look at chapter 38 earlier in verse 8, we hear of another item made out of nechoshet, out of copper. So we hear that there was also a, um, a, a basin, a sink made out of copper. Um, and in particular, uh, the, the base of it was made out of marot hatsovot. Um, not so simple to translate, but the mirrors of the legions which we will have to understand more about what this was. Um, Rashi points out that this was not included in the other list, and he explains it's because there was something unique about the copper which was given for the basin. This copper was given um, as as a gift, as a voluntary gift. It was not required. So who gave this, and why did they give it? Where is this coming from? The Midrash describes really beautifully where this copper came from. The Midrash in Midrash Tanhuma, Parshat Pikudei, says as follows. The Tanhuma, the Midrash Tanhuma, explains that this, this, these mirrors, which were donated for the for the kior for the basin, are um, representative of a much bigger story. And it goes as follows. So when the Jewish people were in Egypt, we're now going back to the beginning of Sefer Shemot, 
when people were slave, the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt. Paro had decreed that they could not sleep in their houses, that they were not they were not able to engage in intimacy. What did the daughters of Israel do, the women? And this, of course, we've heard uh, there are various versions of this Midrash. They did as follows. They would go down to the Nile and draw water. And Hashem would bring fish to them, help them be able to grab fish from the Yeor easily. And they basically made a whole meal and brought wine and went to the fields where their husbands were working. While they were eating and drinking with their husbands, they brought mirrors and they took these mirrors and looked into the mirrors along with their husbands. And they started to seduce their husbands. Zotomerit anina amimcha, vizeomer anina amimech. Look how beautiful I am, look how beautiful you are. Umitochkach hayu margilinatman lidei ta'ava veparin veravin. And thanks to these women and their emuna, their commitment, and their belief in the future, they continued to procreate and have children which resulted in the fact that they would further be redeemed later. In their merits, in their schut, Hashem takes the Jewish people out of Egypt. And not coincidentally, the Parsha, Parshat Pekudei, relates to this theme of, um, of, uh, of, of pakad, of redemption. It also says that Hashem took the people of Egypt out in their legions. Where did all these legions of people come from? And so when Hashem commanded Moshe to make the Mishkan, Everybody, all of Israel came up and contributed. Some contributed silver, others gold, others gemstones, others copper. Everyone contributed enthusiastically. And the women said, what about us? What do we have to offer? And so they thought, we're going to bring the mirrors, the mirrors which... Um, which in merit of these mirrors, the children were born, and the Jewish people grew and survived. So they brought their mirrors to Moshe, and shockingly, Moshe reacted very strongly. Moshe got angry at the women when he saw the mirrors. And he says, break them. Don't donate them to the Mishkan. He says, God rebukes Moshe and says, you are mocking and shaming these mirrors. It's these mirrors that led to the continuity of Bnei Israel and Mitzrayim. 
tolmehen vasemihen kiur nechoshet v'kano lekoanim. So not only are you going to use them for the Mishkan, but you need to take them and create the basin, the copper basin, and its stand for the Kohanim, the priests. And from this basin, the priests would purify themselves. And so we see that it's in the merit of these copper um, mirror donations that the women have a tremendous history with. And because of them, because they, they brought about the birth of and the increase of the Jewish people in Egypt, which then left Egypt in um, legions, it's, it's, they are donated to the Mishkan and Hashem, emphasizes that it is specifically these mirrors, which were associated with physical acts of intimacy, which are going to be used for the sanctification, the spirituality, the holiness of the priests before they serve in the Mishkan, some of the holiest people. And so we see that there is an interesting connection here because Moshe's reaction was that these mirrors were associated with extreme physicality. And yet Hashem says, it is exactly that physicality which, when used for acts of kedusha, physical acts of holiness, then they are themselves holy. And Hashem's message to Moshe is that there is holiness in this physicality. And so we see, connecting to our second theme of the Mishkan Ma'at, our homes, we see that Paro tried to break up the Jewish homes. And yet the women emphasized the significance of the Jewish home and never gave up on the Jewish home. And together, they managed to convince their husbands to have emunah and to continue. Um, now, we are very much turned into our homes. We are turned inwards, and we can think about ways to draw inspiration from this theme. I want to also mention that this theme of mirrors and physicality is something which appears in general world literature. If you think about Greek mythology, we have the famous story of Narcissus, who spends, uh, once he comes to a stream, he is punished, and he comes to a stream and sees himself and can't stop looking at his beauty. He is overcome with his beauty, and that, and he stays there falling in love with himself until he dies. And so we see that there is a, um, a criticism of overemphasis on physicality and beauty. And of course, the story of Snow White, uh, the idea of, um, of mirror, mirror on the wall, who is the most beautiful of all. In both of those stories, the beauty and the mirrors have the, the, mirror, the, the reflections become associated with an overemphasis on um, an obsession with beauty. Um, here, however, the mirrors are holy because it was done in the right dose and for the right purposes and with meaning. And so these mirrors and the mirrors representing the intimacy of the Jewish people and the Jewish home are sanctified in the Mishkan. How are they sanctified? And now we turn to our final theme. If you look at Shemot chapter 40, we hear that this basin was used to sanctify the priests. So what happened? Um, it says, So the copper basin was placed for washing. 
ורחצו ממנו משה ואהרון ובניו את ידיהם ואת רגליהם. And on the beginning of the, mish- the, beginning of the Mishkan, and the initiation of the Mishkan, Moshe and the Kohanim washed their hands and feet at this, at this um, basin. בבואם אלו המועד ובקרבתם אל המזבח ירחצו כאשר ציווה השם את משה. And so this was the place where the Kohanim were meant to wash themselves. Now here the word rechitza, washing, is used. Today we say netilat yadayim. But look at the language that we see um, that we see in Rashi. Rashi explains, V'rachatzu mimenu Moshe v'aron, Yom shmini lemiluim, Hushvu kulam lekuona. During the initiation of the Mishkan, everybody was equated with the Kohanim, with the priests. V'targumo u'mekadshim minei, and the the um, the translation of Unklus, the Aramaic translation to the Torah is not washed but sanctified. Kedusha mekadshin mine, sanctified through this washing. And in fact, the Rashba and the Kitzur Shulchan Aruch explains that when we wash our hands each morning, when we wake up each morning and do netilat yadayim every morning. We are likening ourselves to the Kohen, the priest in the Mishkan, serving in the Mishkan, and bringing about this Kedusha, this holiness, each day. We have the potential for this Kedusha and this holiness. And so, um, how does this relate to our current times? Um, I want to get back to the three topics that we started with. The first one, of course, is the giving the idea of giving from an ob- a place of obligation, but also from a place of nadiv libo, with heart, thinking, and sensitivity of who is in need, who needs most, and what we can do. Um, the Mishkan giving can inspire giving for the people around us who need it most right now. Next, we should think about the Mishkan, um, our homes as a Mishkan, a Mikdash Me'at, where, um, where we, even though we are all in isolation, to a certain degree in isolation, um, and in particular people who are in quarantine and who, God forbid, are unwell and sick. Um, We have the wonders of technologies and ways to connect with each other. The Mishkan, uh, in the Mishkan, we had a place called the Tent of Meeting, right? Mishkan was about meeting between Am Yisrael and Hashem and between the Jewish people themselves and the women um, who emphasized not giving up, Lola Vater, who insisted on continuing to build the Jewish home. We can be in our homes and turn inward to our families, but we must still stay connected with the world around us, within the guidelines, of course, of what we are being told right now. Um, and this interconnectivity and this strength from our families was what survive, helped the Jewish people survive before and will hopefully keep our hopefulness up for the future. Finally, this kior hanachoshet, the copper kior, um, the mirrors are associated with something very physical, an intimate act. And, And yet, against Moshe's idea, Hashem says, this is the thing which is most spiritual, which every day the priests will use for sanctifying themselves. Kedushat yadayim v'raglayim, holiness, the, the sanctification of our hands and our feet. We are right now very much focused on keeping ourselves healthy, and that is what we should be doing, and we have to try to protect ourselves and protect those around us. And the hand washing, this emphasis on hand washing, is um, 
is quite an amazing connection um, that we are here. The hand washing is one of the major ways of protecting ourselves against this terrible virus. And the Mishkan has a message for us that we can also keep in mind the Kedushah associated with hand washing in Judaism and think about ways to spread this Kedushah in the world. And hopefully through the merit of, um, of these three things, the giving, the, um, the strengthening of our families, connecting with others around us, and um, elevating the physical through these three messages of our Parsha, um, may this all be for Fuash Lema and, um, and good news from the, for the world. Thank you.